1: Thank mm-hmm. you.
2: Morning, everybody. Welcome to the Roto Grinders NBA morning grind. I am Justin Carlucci filling in once again, uh, here with Keith eister I'm such a random, it's like you pulled me off the streets to play for the OKC Thunder, my man. What's going on?
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, what the Thunder are doing, this is like the biggest tank job I think we've ever seen. Like you just you sign guys off the street and you play them 40, 40 plus minutes. So I don't know. We're still in the middle of the the slate of the second night of that. We'll see. We'll see if they all get 40 minutes again. But I don't know about you. That's that's how I have it
2: pegged. We'll see if it works out. Hey, thanks for sticking with us, folks. And God bless you if you're still playing NBA DFS at this point. If you're playing today, you're probably tilting from rostering someone bad at the Masters who had an early tee time. (laughs) uh, Or maybe your pitcher got blown up early. But happy opening day and happy Masters weekend Keith, like, what are you most excited for? It stinks. We already got some PPDs uh, on the on the MLB slate of the opening day, but I'm just happy there's stinking baseball to be played, man.
3: Yeah, it, it's baseball that I'm most excited about. I'm a I'm a huge baseball fan. Um, I'm a huge Cubs fan, which that's probably going to be an unfortunate thing this year, but um future looks okay i guess for them they've got some payroll space to work with they, they should spend here coming up but probably be a rough, rough game for the cubs they kicked the season off with first game now that uh the boston new york game has been postponed so that's what i'm most looking forward to and just super excited to get back into the the data great day-to-day day grind of the, the mlb dfs season it's a lot of fun
2: for sure how to rip your heart out seeing all the cornerstones of your franchise. Uh, get traded or into free agency. I mean, it went from you know Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, and the whole nine. Um, man, what a what, what a run they had though. That was a fun a fun like decade for you, man. Yeah, I
3: mean, certainly they're b- the best run of my lifetime from them.
2: Um, definitely fun. Glad they got
3: one at least. Uh, Would have been nice to see them go back uh, and play in another one at, at minimum with that core group. A group like that doesn't come around very often, but they got it done once. So that, that's good enough for me, I suppose.
2: So we have a ton of content for the Masters and, of course, MLB opening day. If you're multi-sporting it on Thursday, maybe you played hooky from work or school to, to watch all these sports and build all these lineups. A uh, ton of Masters content, and you can get some showdown stuff, of course, on Roto Grinders uh, and a lot of good stuff on scoresandodds.com Check out the news section. Keith also contributes uh, a prop article there, which we'll be tapping into Major League Baseball props soon. Uh, also, we're going to have a couple of baseball shows since there's two different lock times today on Thursday. We're going to have a Grinders Live about 1240 Eastern. And then we're going to have a crunch time just before two o'clock Eastern. Uh, And then, of course, we're going to have another Grinders Live at about 445 Eastern, as usual, and a second crunch time. So you're double dipping uh, with both shows. We got you covering all the action here on Roto Grinders. But first, on your morning drive or your workout at the gym or if you're cooking breakfast or whatever the hell you're doing, uh, we're going to run through another horrendous NBA site and... Boy, it gets tricky nowadays, Keith, and as we're recording, Kevin Durant's ripping my heart out of my chest here. One of the few teams was Brooklyn on the slate who had incentives to play basketball in Madison Square Garden, and Kevin Durant just didn't show up. So I don't know. I I was wrong there. He came in a a little bit lower than Kyrie, and that's kind of the build I wanted, and it just didn't work out for me. I was wrong.
3: Yeah, a little bit surprised Knicks are still leading that game, which I mean the Knicks don't have anything to play for. I guess this is kind of like their their championship to play spoiler here for Brooklyn's attempt to get a little bit higher seed. But yeah, surprising to see uh, Brooklyn struggle a little bit here in the garden.
2: Yeah, unless Durant goes nuclear in the fourth room. He's up to 34 fan points. The fourth just started, but he had what do you have 15 at halftime or something ridiculous? So like you needed a nuke going in. Going into that second half but uh we'll see brooklyn climb back into that game since we turned off our other screens really down by five now so another classic nicks potential meltdown to, to wrap up the season of course julius Randle got shut down and everybody's getting shut down and and we got a team in orlando who's shutting people down and they're the seven o'clock game uh at charlotte so you know i mean obviously two teams that Weren't good this year. A lot of young pieces. LaMelo Ball was fun to watch. You know, he's a gifted athlete. He's only going to get better. Charlotte has some pieces. They just have to figure out which ones have the highest upside, who plays well together, etc. cetera. Uh, and they're going to play each other. Seven o'clock Eastern. It's the first game of this beautiful seven-game slate that we have on Thursday night. So injury-wise, Wendell Carter's out. Franz Wagner, I believe, is also out. He did one of those classic uh, got hurt in the first quarter things last game and just didn't come back out to the court. Cole Anthony's out. So we have three main guys out. Um, Gary Harris is a GTD. The magic are just playing so many guys in this rotation at this point that uh, they're one of the biggest headaches probably on this slate.
3: Yeah, I just don't really want to target the magic. I know the matchup is really good against Charlotte, but they're just, it's too hard to figure out the rotation and I'm not sure that there's enough upside, even if I do get the rotation, right? Uh, Bomba's price is just a little bit too high for me. I know Wendell Carter is not there and he smashed in the last game, um, but 6,900 on DK Bomba. I'm probably not going there. Uh, Fultz just don't know if he's going to see the minutes. Uh, he did start for the first time all season. He played 24 minutes in that last game. So maybe you take a shot on Folt if you're looking to get some Charlotte exposure and need a run back. But outside of that, I'm I'm not really too interested here. I don't think Um, Jalen Suggs is 4,300, but again, just a guy that they haven't been playing any minutes, Um, 18 minutes in the last game. Like I, they just don't have any, any desire to extend these guys, it seems. So with, with an uncertain rotation, I'm, I'm mostly out on these magic.
2: Here we go. I'm gonna try it again. and if you were laughing at me on yesterday's morning grind, uh, Ignaz Brazdi- Brazdikis is your minutes guy now allegedly thirty seven minutes against new York, thirty six minutes against Cleveland. He seems the one to be the one that's gonna play until the wheels fall off. So if there's no like absolute crush value that opens up like no brainer, yeah this, you know he's gonna draw some ownership and maybe rightfully so. So that's where I'm going probably if anywhere. Uh, I agree with you. Mo Wagner is probably going to draw some interest. 3,900 on FanDuel. Only played 20 minutes against Cleveland, and he actually crushed. He had 26 FanDuel points in 20 minutes. So, I mean, if you can can get any kind of read on that situation, if you think Wagner's going to play 25 minutes, uh, he's in a decent spot there. He probably won't project to play that much. But there's a lot of uncertainty here, and I kind of agree with you on Orlando. What about Charlotte, Keith? Another team,
3: just not a ton of interest. I don't know what kind of news we're going to be waiting on exactly, but this being the first game of the night, I'm inclined to just kind of sit it out. Um, LaMelo up at 9,200. Of course, he's got a ceiling. He could pay that off, but I'm not sure how how hard Orlando's going to be trying. I could see this game blowing out pretty easily. Um, Same thing with Bridges and Rogier. Like, their price doesn't jump out to me. They're priced about where they should be. Um, and I just – I think I would rather buy some time on a on a slate where um, news will probably be pending and it will be beneficial to keep some roster spots open.
2: I agree. I don't mind LaMelo at that price in this matchup. I'm worried about the rug pull, rug pull eventually. I know a lot of these guys are super young, uh, but LaMelo was really baby uh, on a minute's leash earlier this season, and uh, we were just talking about the – terrible Sunday slate, the last slate of the season, which is going to be a blast, and I know you're going to do some content for that one, so good luck. But, <laughs> you know, we might not even make it to that point with some of these starters and some of these teams. Like, we, there's going to be players playing on Sunday who aren't in either FanDuel or DK system. It's just going to be a disaster, but uh, I don't mind LaMelo. I, I don't think many people are going to go there, and you're right, there's going to be other news, but uh, you know, could be one of the last few games to end the season on a high note in a very winnable game against Orlando. Uh, that's really it for me. Rozier's been really bad lately, too. Uh, I'm, I'm not going anywhere else here. Should we move on to uh, Boston and Milwaukee? Yep, I think we can move on. This is where we should probably talk about the standings a little bit. And uh, a good resource I stumbled across, never heard of it before, is called PlayoffStatus.com. You should check it out. It shows you the percentages of – like where each what seed each team could maybe move to Uh, and it looks like the Bucks and the Celtics could do some moving around both teams could actually slide as far as the four seed it's possible now the question you prompted me with before and you serve a great point is do they care where they land like do, do they mind if they drop to four either of them because there's one big problem. The elephant in the room is that Brooklyn is lurking as a bottom seed here and uh, could very well be the seven or the eight. And I can't name a single GM or team in the league that wants the Nets in the first round, Keith. So I don't know. There is some kind of incentive to play here, but who knows really where each team wants to end up. But uh, Boston's on a back-to-back second leg. They're currently blowing out Chicago. So it could be, a little bit of an early night for some of these rotation guys, which I think could be key. It's not, I don't think they're going to need to play 40 minutes tonight. Man, Chicago is just so bad against these, this elite competition in the league. They're definitely frauds at this point, by the way. So I I don't know. (laughs) It's a guessing game to try to get inside of their heads and play armchair GM. Uh, What do they want to do? Do you have any, any guesses?
3: I don't really have a guess. I thought, I mean, Boston being on the back to back, I could see them resting people here. But you just touched on an important point. They're having a really easy time in Chicago tonight. Um, And I wouldn't be surprised if they just rest guys in the fourth quarter and you only see Tatum and Brown pop out at like 30 minutes. I don't, it's impossible to know if they are trying to improve their seed. That's as casual fans, like we just don't know what's going on inside the organizations. Um, I guess it's just going to have to be a a wait and see. Um, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> it's, we'll have to see news throughout the day. I don't know how else to break it down right now. Obviously, if guys are resting, there's going to be some awesome value that opens up. If everybody's in, it's a team uh, with two va- very talented, two, two teams with very talented rosters. And it, it's a pretty good game environment. Obviously, Boston's great on the defensive end uh, and Milwaukee's not bad. But two super talented teams could push each other a little bit and go back and forth might end up being a decent game environment. So I I don't know really where we go from here on how to break this down. Other than you just got to wait and see, um, check out the news and and see how these teams play it.
2: Yeah. Boston had a bunch of Q tags on Wednesday and everybody I think ended up playing. So the thing is with these two teams and it's kind of the same thing. If one of their high usage guys are out, we like to target the other. If Jalen Brown's out, we're going to go to Tatum. If Tatum Brown, if Jay, I'm making up players now, if Jason Tatum's out, we're going to go to Jalen Brown. Al Horford's still affordable at 6,500. And Marcus Smart's 5,300. If, if either of these high usage Boston guys miss, these other guys are going to garner more and more ownership here. Um, you know, Horford's the elder statesman and has definitely proven to be a huge asset. In the second half of this season, you know, uh, he's not the defensive dominant player. He was years ago. Um, but last season, Boston got dumped on at center quite a bit, and you know, he he definitely was a bit of an upgrade from whatever they were doing. So, my best guess is Al Horford's probably the first candidate to get a rest day, um, even with the absence of Robert Williams. So, uh, you know, Grant Williams is cheap. You know, this could be a this could be a slate with maybe not as many options as we originally thought there would be, as the pricing algor- algorithms on both sites try to catch up to to some of the news and stuff like that. But um, you know, if Giannis is out, Middleton, 7,300, Drew, 8,400. Uh, my get my guess is Giannis plays. I mean, they're not on a back-to-back. The game means something to some capacity. It's just, you know, how how much are they going to run him out there? I haven't really heard anything. But, um, you know, this is a, an interesting slate where you have Jokic later on. DeJounte Murray's out. You have Embiid. Um, and all the Lakers are questionable here, which we'll get to. And you have no on either, so it's like Giannis should be one of your pay-up interests here. But what are, what are, what does Milwaukee really want to do? I don't know.
3: Yeah, I mean, if he's active, he's in play. Obviously, uh, I think I would prefer Embiid and Jokic above him. Um, just a little bit easier matchup. Like this this matchup against Boston is is a really difficult one. Um. yeah I don't know and it, you don't get that much of a discount I think Embiid's a little bit cheaper and Jokic is slightly more expensive but he's right there in that same range uh, it's not like you're saving money with Giannis or anything so I, Jokic has just been on such a tear we've seen monster ceiling from Embiid I think I would lean both of them before Giannis um, yeah I mean that's that's pretty much where I'm at so it, if everybody's active in this game I don't know how much exposure I'll have to it Is where I'll leave it. I think I would rather some guys rest and then we could use it as some value.
2: I I get it. Can you chase Brooke Lopez's monster 28 point, 50 FanDuel point performance at 5K on FanDuel? Can you chase that?
3: If you told me he was going to play almost 30 minutes again, yeah, I think you could. But (laughs) again, it's just so hard to figure out what teams are doing with their rotations this time of year and Lopez who missed a, a massive chunk of the season. I don't know. Do they run him out there for 29 minutes again? If they do, I think you can chase it. Yeah.
2: Maybe if Giannis is out or if someone else says, if there's like even any more inclining of a usage bump to go elsewhere to these starters, I think I'll, I'd be more interested if there was other news with other guys out in that lineup, but what's his DK price? Is, is he in the five range?
3: He is exactly five.
2: <sighs> That's tough, man. Uh, interesting. You know, he probably won't carry a ton of ownership. It's an MBDO Oakish slate. T- tough to consider yeah. him on FanDuel, like like borderline impossible to probably play him on FanDuel. Yeah, that's a great point. But uh anyway, he has a pulse again, so that's great for Milwaukee. Milwaukee is going to be a tough out. I, I, I've i been lobbying that they're probably still the team to come out of the East. And this is coming from a Sixers fan, Um, but if they get some continuity, like they're, they're going to be tough. So uh, interesting matchup. Could be a playoff-type atmosphere if everybody plays. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'll probably have the hoops on the little TV and, and baseball on the big TV tomorrow night, so that's where we're at here. How about the 76ers and Toronto, 730 Eastern? Who's the MVP? I'll put you on the spot.
3: I mean, have you seen what Jokic has done here recently? <laughs> yeah, I'm a degenerate. I <laughs> play DFS every day. <laughs> Jokic, Jokic should be the MVP. Obviously, he won it last year. Voter fatigue, all that, you know, but um, yeah, Jokic should be the MVP.
2: Yeah, I think it's close. Uh, I'll try not to be biased. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm not, I didn't say that because I'm like gung ho that it should be Embiid, but I think like, I don't think you can really go wrong personally with either one of them. Uh, they're just yeah, different I mean, players. There's monster they, seasons
3: from both of them for sure. Yeah,
2: they do different things, you know, like Jokic could definitely score like for sure. But uh Embiid's more of like the scorer and, and, and Jokic does absolutely everything. Not that Embiid doesn't, like, not that he's not a capable passer. Jokic is just a, a damn good passer. He, he you know, usually you, you think you're like a, you know, Jokic is like the Rottweiler who thinks he's a lap dog, right? He thinks he's a point car <laughs> and uh, he's damn good at what he does. So anyway, they're both on the slate tonight and the Sixers have Toronto and, I, until until I hear otherwise, until proven otherwise, I think the Sixers are going to keep chugging along and and, and playing their guys. Um, you know, there has been rest days and they weren't really there hasn't been any real surprises, knock on wood. But there hasn't been like, a, oh, it's 650 Embiid's out randomly or Harden's out randomly. I, I think Philly is going to keep playing. And um, that's great for us because it makes Embiid a safe ish kind of play especially, uh, you know, this point of the season on this slate on Thursday where there's a lot of unknown, I feel totally comfortable uh, unless we get some news uh, about playing Joel Embiid at lock.
3: Yep, I, I completely agree with you. Um, completely matchup proof. So I'm not not worried about Toronto or anything they might be able to do to slow him down. Um, I, Embiid would be second as far as spend-ups on the slate for me. I prefer Jokic slightly, but I, I would rather have Embiid than Giannis, I think. Um, yeah, just phenomenal ceiling. One of the top spends on the slate for me.
2: So other than the MVP, is there anybody else on the Sixers that you're targeting?
3: (laughs) Um, I mean, Harris has been playing better, but the price tag is coming up with it with his better play. I don't think that, that I'll be chasing that and Harden. Obviously you can always play Harden, but he's just not shooting enough for me. Um, the price is at 10-2. That's completely fine, but I just – I don't know. He's not being aggressive enough, and at that price, you need 50-plus fantasy points. He's just not hitting it consistently enough. I'm probably out on Harden as well.
2: Yeah, uh, from a real-life perspective, it's cool to see Harden put the ego aside and let Joel Embiid do his thing and and, and garner that usage. Um, and Harden is a good distributor. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing whether or not – that stigma will carry with him, or if they actually knock out a decent team or two in the playoffs, and and Harden shows up, uh, you know, everyone labels him as being terrible against quality opponents in the postseason, and we'll see. Uh, but I'm with you. I, I'm I'm out on Harden as well. Um, Toronto actually is playing the third best defense in the league across the last ten games in terms of defensive rating. So Toronto's turning up at the right time here. So really. For me, I'm looking at FanDuel pricing. Uh, Harris up to 67 again, Maxi up to 62. I'm not chasing the Pacers game. The Pacers are just a different, uh, different breed of animal than the Raptors. The Pacers are terrible defensively. They play a little bit faster. I, I, I personally can't see any of these other appropriately priced Sixers you know, over 6K getting there except Embiid. So for me, it's just Embiid, honestly. Yeah, I'm, I'm
3: with you
2: there. Uh, how about Toronto? Sticker shock here. Siakam's balling out. Uh, they were missing OG last game, uh, Uniube. And I think he has a Q tag again. And uh, he's a true a true questionable tag. So that matters because uh, you have Siakam up at 10K. Fred Van Fleet's fairly priced at 7,500. Scotty Barnes at 6,600 who is playing good basketball again. He had a little bit of a rough there, but he's hitting right around six times value um, and playing minutes in the high 30s. Um, and of course, if have Gary Train, who's 5,200. He disappointed a bit uh, last trip out, especially without OG. Uh, Chris Boucher's 4,800 on FanDuel. I think the Raptors are very interesting uh, picking one of these guys to run it back with Joel Embiid. I, I'm just, you know, I'm not sure if we get the 60 out of Siakam. But I like Fred Van Fleet's price, and I like Scotty Barnes again if OG is out. So uh, I, I kind of like Van Fleet uh, against Philadelphia on Thursday.
3: I, I agree with you. That's where I'm going. Um, Siakam is great and all, but that price tag is just a little bit too high. I mean he he would need everything would need to go perfectly, and that, this just isn't the matchup that I see that happening. Um, so I'll save the money and go down to Van Fleet. Um, like that price tag in the mid sevens. Been shooting a lot of threes, a ton of threes, uh, double-digit threes in each of his uh, last three games. Um, just need him to get a little bit hot from three, and and he can pay off that price tag. Um, the OG news does matter as well. Uh, I've been chasing Gary Trent a little bit. That that hasn't worked out so well. Um, just the shot hasn't been there for him. Uh, don't mind the Scotty Barnes call. He, he would probably be the second one, but mild interest in him at best. It's it's Van Vliet for me if I'm running it back on Embiid.
2: Listen, I know you're looking at, like, the uh, the defensive ranks when you look at the Raptors. Uh, and, like, you're going to see Philly pop as they're good defensively, but they just get gashed by, like, the opponent's best players a- and the shooters. Like, the scores seem to go off against them. I don't know why. Like, if you're a Sixers fan, you know exactly what I mean. So I really like – it's more of a gut call feel here, but I like Van Fleet and I like Trent. Trent has a very safe floor at 5,200. Uh, you know, he disappointed last game, but he still hit over five times value in a game where he didn't do much of anything else. And Van Fleet, how about a little positive regression? I think he's going to do it against the Sixers. Four for 21 from the floor against Atlanta, two for 12 from three. Uh, I, I like the, the Van, the Van Fleet bounce back was a part of one of my favorite college basketball teams ever. I love that Wichita state team. And I know you're from the Midwest. You know what I'm talking about? Ron Baker and Clay Anthony early and company. That was an awesome team. To watch. <laughs> that was a fun team. Yeah. Who's your college hoops team. Do you have one? I don't
3: really fo- follow a ton of college hoops. Um, no, I mean, I attended Northern Illinois. They, they weren't that great at, uh, at basketball. They had a good football team when I was there, but uh, just never much of a basketball program. So I followed U of I a little bit, but. Just never been huge into college hoops. I always followed the tournament, but that's about it.
2: How, how'd your bracket end up doing this year? Did you do one? Uh, yeah, not not great. <laughs> yeah, I joined the club. Join the club. I had <laughs> Auburn uh, in the final four, and uh, uh, Craig's Hurricanes. Craig from Scores and Odds. His Hurricanes took care of business. Knocked them so. off. Yeah, yeah, br- brutal. Great tournament though. Great last couple of games. Uh, were sure. you shocked that the Jayhawks came back and and took care of the Tar Heels? What a collapse.
3: Uh, Yeah, it was a great game. Um, I can't say that I I was shocked. I was shocked that the UNC was able to go up that much, but I I felt like Kansas had a decent chance to come back. Um, Just felt like they were the better team going in and um, self's a great coach, obviously. So felt like they could get back in it, but they did it really quickly, which was the surprising thing, I think.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Before we move on here, can you power rank your favorite Raptors? I, I'm sure the pricing is a bit different. Um, so if you don't mind, share with me your favorite Raptors tomorrow in order. Yeah, I'll go
3: Van Vliet one for sure. I'm a I'm a sucker for Gary Trent. I'm going to keep, keep chasing that 5,800, uh, giving Trent two, Barnes three, and then Siakam
2: four. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at that 10K price for Siakam. And I initially said, I don't think he's getting 60. And I don't think he's getting 60 you might be able to live with like 50, 55 on this slate. Maybe, maybe. And I don't know who's going to stick him. It's not going to be Embiid. It's not going to be Matisse. It's going to be, you know, to, Tobias Harris and his wet paper bag defense or, or Niang. And uh God, look at that Siakam game log. He hasn't played less than 40 minutes in over a week. So, <laughs> you know, you're seeing sticker shock there, but he's going to have every opportunity to get to 50. And, um, you know, if, if I'm single entering, I, I can't promise you that I'll have Siakam. If I'm multi-entering, you know, I'm, I'm going to come in a little overweight because I'm sure he's going to be low-owned. So he, he's an interesting large field uh, target tomorrow, despite the, the very high price.
3: I, I agree with you. Yep. Uh, I think it depends a little bit, too, of, uh, um, like, who plays. Like, if Tatum and Brown are in, like, they're kind of in that same price range, like, that matters. So it it depends if he's kind of the last one standing in that nine upper nine k to ten k range, then then maybe I end up playing a lot more of him. But if, if we've got like Tatum and Brown as well, um, Towns is right in that range. Anthony Davis, I we'll, I don't know. We'll have to decide what what we think the Lakers are doing. But yeah, there's there's just a lot of lot of upside in that range. Uh, I'd rather save the money with Van Bleet as it stands right now.
2: I agree. Tatum is ninety three hundred. We covered Boston, but it's worth noting uh, his FanDuel price. Was, is he 10K-ish on DK yet or no? He's 10-5 on DK. See, He should be 10K on Fanduel. That's a big discrepancy. Yeah. So um, if Boston's in, I'm just assuming they're playing for real. Um, if not, like if 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 they weren't, why throw your guys out there against Milwaukee? Uh, that, that's the way I look at it. So I do like Tatum a lot at that price. But if Tatum's out, then, then we have a different conversation. And, uh, you know, then you take a harder look at guys like Siakam because there's a lot of Q tags and a lot of guys that are going to be missing some time at that power forward position for sure. Um, Okay, we'll move on. We have San Antonio and Minnesota. And uh, the big news this week out of Spurs camp is DeJounte Murray got sick and he's not playing again. We had Trey Jones mega chalk the other night. He's up to 5,800 on FanDuel. And uh, I tell you what, like, he's still pretty good per dollar. Like, last three games, he's hitting, like, almost – seven times value or more in three of these four three of these games. So can you play Trey Jones at 5,800? You know what? I, I think you can.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's 5,300 on DK. So the price is rising, but it is not rising aggressively enough. I still think he is. He's one of the best value plays on the entire slate, uh, especially at 5,300 on DK. Um, I you just, you'd mentioned the game logs. Like he's, he's going to score 30 ish fantasy points at least. Um, when he's out there for 30-plus minutes. So, yeah, absolutely love uh, Trey Jones. think he's a, a phenomenal value play. This game overall is, is one of my favorite, if not my favorite, on the slate. Um, should be a fast pace here. Both teams play fast. Uh, no Murray on the Spurs, so maybe some concern for blowout. Uh, and Vassal is questionable as well. So maybe the Spurs have trouble keeping up here, but Keldon Johnson's been playing pretty well. Um, so I don't mind him as well. and Trey Jones, like we just mentioned, has played well. Uh, Josh Richardson, another guy who's, who's played fairly decently, His price is coming up also. he's at 4600. Um, so I don't he's not a fantastic value, but he's in play at that price for me for sure, especially if Vassal misses. Um, Purtle at 6,500 is fine. I mean Kat's not a, a tremendous defender or anything like that. I think he could have a decent game. He hasn't been producing huge numbers lately, um, but I think he's playable at that price in this matchup.
2: I think if you're multi-entering, again, as, as long as – it's so hard to know when the rugs going to get pulled on any of these teams, and you just have to play them if you haven't heard anything. And, like, this is a good game environment. Two teams that don't play defense. Minnesota played surprisingly fast this season. Uh, San Antonio – has the second-worst defensive rating in the league across the last 10 games, and they've been bottom half of the league the entire year. So that's nothing new. Uh, The Timberwolves are playing at the third-fastest pace in the league over the last 10 games, uh, and their pace really picked up in the second half of the season here. And the Spurs are also top 10 in pace in the last 10 games. So this this has a chance to be a friendly fantasy environment here. And, you know, I, I kind of do the same things typically when I play these Timberwolves if I'm multi-entering. I set a group of Towns, Edwards, and D'Angelo Russell whenever they're all fairly priced. And finally, Russell got a 1500 1500- Dollar price increase from the last slate when he was fifty three hundred. So Russell's up to sixty eight hundred, which which still might be a little bit a little bit on the cheap side for him, but it's respectable. So I usually group them, max of one. Um, I j- you know just seems like more than one of them typically don't hit ceiling games together. Now when you get to this point of the year and roster construction is important and a, a lot of guys are out, you can maybe talk me into playing two of them together. Um, but I just like having shares of all these guys because I, I think there's going to be fantasy points in this one.
3: Yeah, I I agree with you. It's hard to figure out which one is going to go off in any given game, but one of them usually does, and this is a fantastic spot for for one of them to go off. Um, Russell's price coming up, I think he'd be my my least favorite of the three, um, depending on the status of Beverly and Beasley. If you get both of those guys out, Russell runs the point a lot more, and I think his ceiling comes up a significant amount. Um, But if both of those guys are in, uh, Russell would be my least favorite of the three. Uh, Edwards is the guy, I mean, he's shown quite a bit of ceiling here, seven, six on his price tag. Be totally fine with that. I think that this like in an up pace game, Anthony Edwards fits that, that type of game environment really well. I would have a ton of interest in Edwards and towns obviously can go off at any time too. So agree with you. Love, love the big three on Minnesota. Um, and I, I don't mind grouping them out and playing only one of them as well. Cause when, when they're all priced up a little bit like when Russell was 5300 sure you could find two of them to go off and pay off their price tags but now that Russell's price has corrected a little bit I agree with you I think I would only play one of them but I'll have a, a lot of exposure to all of them
2: I agree and uh, Edwards has like the raw point scoring upside uh, and that's why I prefer him to Russell and, and just to like breaking news here we mushed the living hell out of Kevin Durant who has 64 fans will points now <laughs> uh, as Brooklyn came all the way back into seven points up on the Knicks with a minute left in the game. So <laughs> he went, he went nuke mode in the fourth. I think he had 30 fans will points in the fourth. So geez, if only I didn't play yeah. Emmanuel quickly as a, as a run back, stupid Looch. Who burned you tonight? Anybody yeah, yeah. specifically burn you tonight?
3: Um, I'm not, I'm not really sure. I haven't been keeping up. Uh,
2: I know you were big on top and stuff. score.
3: What did you need at a top? Yeah uh 17 points i believe it was he's got 19 all right and i think i had him at 25 and a half points and rebound point rebounds assists
2: he's got 27
3: that'll work uh barrett stopped scoring though i had him at 24 and a half points so we need a three here
2: oh, <laughs> what do we got a minute left <laughs> yeah hoping a prayer buddy yeah hey plug your new article series on scores and odds real quick while we have a second if you don't mind that's a good segue to what you're what you're doing over there
3: yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, I've been covering it. It's been NBA focused up until this point, uh, just going over like team situations for the given slate, um, and trying to find player props within those situations, like guys who are finding new opportunities, um, and things like that. So it's like, we just got done talking about the Spurs, DeJounte Murray being out obviously opens up a ton of opportunity for guys like Trey Jones and the books just aren't quite aggressive enough. A lot of times, um, with the player props of their replacements. So, like the Trey Jones props tomorrow will pro- probably be something I would be looking at, but yeah, I'm I'm doing that Monday, Wednesday, Friday right now. Uh, it's a free article over on Scores and Odds in the news section. So, absolutely appreciate you you pointing that out and highlighting it. Definitely make sure you guys are checking that out
2: for sure. Icebreakers, new series because once yeah. upon a time Keith finally told me he was called the Ice Man uh, by <laughs> some of his friends. So, icebreakers, props. You get a real in depth look of. Uh, how Keith comes to his plays and uh, the science behind it. Some of the math Uh, and Keith's a pretty damn good writer. So, so keep it up, buddy. Appreciate your hard work. And uh, we have a ton of free content over there. Scores and odds.com slash news, or check out the news tabs. A lot of stuff uh, coming at you daily, including free picks, uh, free premium expert picks. Uh, We drop them pretty frequently. All you need is a registered account. You don't even need to sign up for the premium package if you don't want to, and you'll have access to free picks. Whenever we drop them, you'll get them right in your inbox. So uh, that's about the cleanest marketing plug I ever did. So uh, proud of myself. That's good. I'm
3: impressed, man. Yeah. It took me like three years. (laughs) Uh,
2: Anyway, here we are uh, slowly moving along here. We have Portland and New Orleans. Um, Valentunis is going to be a big deal again. He didn't play on Tuesday. He's questionable for Thursday. And uh, you know what? Why is he a big deal, Keith? You want to tell the people for prop land who benefits from him? You
3: are the one that told the people. I believe that was a show yesterday that we did. And uh, you told them that you needed to play Jackson Hayes and probably Willie Hernan Gomez as well. Uh, Balanchunas ended up sitting and both of them absolutely smashed, as you correctly uh, pointed out on the our last show together.
2: Well, I know Jackson Hayes is up to 6,400 now, <laughs> which is uh, hefty, but he's a big stock guy and he's got Portland. So it's, it, it makes, it makes it an even tougher point. It's like, can you pay 6,400 against Portland uh, with Hayes? Well, yeah. I mean, there's like, you can't get a better matchup going from Sacramento to Portland. So <laughs> I don't know if we're going to get this Valance Junius news, that was the first game he missed since like January. So is your glass half full or half empty? Did he just need a breather or are they actually just unofficially or are they unofficially just done with him for now, you know? Uh, what's your lean here? You got any thoughts?
3: I was just I was checking your handy chart that you sent over. Um, the Pelicans have an 80% chance to remain in the ninth seed. So the Spurs are right behind them, but obviously they're playing without DeJounte Murray. I don't know that they need to push Valanchunas. Uh, I would not be surprised to see him sit one more out here.
2: Yeah, uh, so you could have some some Hernan Gomez, Jackson Hayes. What did what did DraftKings do with those prices? Did you see an increase?
3: Uh, slight, but not enough. Jackson Hayes still at fifty four hundred. I think he's very playable at that price tag, and Willie Hernan Gomez still at thirty nine hundred.
2: Okay. So they, well, they
3: would become some two of the best value plays on the slate again, I think, uh, if Valentinus were to miss this one.
2: Yeah. That's the elite um, leverage you could potentially get if this news doesn't drop. Same situation. Same situation as the other night. Uh, you just have two games you could pivot to after it this time if the news doesn't break your way. So, uh, hypothetically, Valentinus is out. Do you pay 64 for Jackson Hayes?
3: Uh, that's a little bit more of a question. I, I He's definitely still playable at that price, um, but wouldn't be as much of a priority uh, as he would be on
2: DraftKings. Yeah, that's that's a fair assessment. Uh, I think I'm playing the stock upside if Valanciunas is out. Uh, we'll see when we get that news, but definitely keep an eye out for that news. That's integral. Um, Ingram and McCollum, both priced in the same neighborhood, 83 and 8,200. When they're both active and playing a ton of minutes, tough to really have a hard lean on who you think will have the ceiling game. I don't know. Are you into narratives? McCollum's playing Portland again. He played Portland on March 30th, had 25 real points, but really didn't do anything for DFS purposes. So to be quite honest with you, I probably won't have a ton of either McCollum or Ingram, but I'm more interested in some of these potential value pieces uh, on New Orleans if Fallon does sit.
3: Yeah, it's tough. Obviously, the matchup with Portland is is phenomenal, but Portland keeping the game close is a, a big problem. Um, they just they have no interest in doing that. So, paying up for guys in a game environment like that is difficult. I think Ingram at eighty three hundred is still low enough to where he could potentially pay that off, even in a blowout. Um, I don't know. Just just the matchup he could put up a bunch of points in a hurry as well. Either one of them could really, but Ingram being a little bit cheaper, I think that's the way that I would lean.
2: Yeah, that's fair. Um, Portland, Brandon Williams questionable. He did not play on Monday or uh, excuse me, Tuesday either, which opened the door for Chris Dunn, who played pretty well. I don't know if he actually closed, closed that game or if he just closed it poorly, but Chris Dunn did play 30 minutes, filled it up, like a poor man's filling it up box score, like a Ben Simmons line, <laughs> seven points, eight boards, eight assists, uh, but he's 4,800. So if he actually puts the ball in the bucket a little bit, Chris Dunn might be uh, a stellar play. If Brandon Williams does get ruled out, what's the DK price on Williams, Keith? I'm done. You mean? Yeah. Sorry. Done. Done is 5,100. Ah, so. A little, little bit more. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. What are your thoughts with that Williams situation? Are, are you interested in done um, or like not as much?
3: So when Williams got ruled out in the last game, I did not think that they would actually play Dunn 30 minutes. I thought they might want to get – and Keon Johnson had a really good game. Uh, that was the guy that I was um, interested in. But Dunn, like to your point, he shot three for 15 from the field. If he would have made anything, he would have absolutely smashed in this last game. So now that I've seen him play 30 minutes, I I would be more inclined to take a chance even at 5,100 Um if, if Portland does keep this close, this should be an outstanding game environment. So I I do I would have interest. If Williams is out, even, even at 5,100, I'd play done.
2: I, I, as good as the calls I had with Jackson Hayes the other night, I, I was wrong about Keon. He, he lit it up. Uh, maybe he's coming into his own a little bit here. Um, played 35 minutes. Not having Brandon Williams probably helped. But even the prior two games, he only played 25 minutes, but he, he scored well. He's only 4,400. Now I've seen it for three games. Now I could buy into it. If Brandon Williams plays, you know, he's – if you read the Icebreakers articles, you know that Williams has been an an underrated usage guy the last couple of weeks. So, I, 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 Keon's box score looks good. But I think I want Williams out to to want to play him. Uh, You know, if he's the last guy in, I'm fine with it. But it also – it depends on what other value opens up before lock.
3: Yeah, good point. I I think Williams does need to be out, especially now that Keon Johnson's price is coming up. But the three-point volume is what got me onto him uh, in the last game. I noticed he had been taking a handful of threes a game, uh, seven in the last one, seven, six, only two the one before that, but in nine. But he's been shooting the three ball a little bit more Um, and, I mean, shooting a fairly decent percentage. So that's what got me on him uh, in the last game. And he, he continued to shoot. So Brandon Williams, that, that usage missing from the lineup matters. Like, And Keon Johnson is the guy who's been taking the shots in his absence. So I, I do like it if Williams is out.
2: Yeah, it looks like um, Ben McLemore ended up closing that game over uh, Greg Brown for the last five minutes. And yeah, Chris Dunn closed. Like I said, he just closed poorly. He had no points one rebound and a turnover in his last five stinking minutes on the court. He did absolutely (laughs) nothing. So uh, the only person that scored in the last five minutes, Drew Eubanks had a bucket and Keanu had five. That's terrible. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Dunn closed. Maybe they want to look at him. Uh, You know, we'll have to see what kind of value opens up. But I'm not not saying Dunn's the best play in the slate, but I'm saying he's playable. Uh, And if Williams is out, Williams needs to be out for you to play done I guess that's probably the logical thing right yeah I
3: I think if Williams were to play in this game I would not have any interest in Portland at all
2: it's the first time we could say that in in a while just because the algos have caught up pretty much and the rotations. yeah the pricing has corrected. corrected yep um they still played 10 guys I mean they had they had four guys on the bench play between 10 and 18 minutes. Like, that doesn't help. We're, we're not seeing condensed rotations from the Blazers, and, and rightfully so. Why would, like, why would they? So, it, it, it's a mess. But uh, the Williams news is big just to have any Portland exposure. Uh, then you can play Keon. You can play Chris Dunn. You can make a case for Greg Brown. Um, and it just seems like L a B is taking a backseat at this point to the rest of them. Uh, let's move on here. Let's move on here. Anything else about that game, or are you good to go? I'm good to go. Cool. Memphis and Denver. Here's your MVP, Nikola Jokic. I will let you talk about Denver, and where do you see Jokic in terms of studs on the slate?
3: Uh, Jokic is my number one stud on the slate, and I'll just point to one, two, three, four, five, six games in a row with 70-plus DK points. I mean, I like 70,
2: 70 fantasy points, so... (laughs) <laughs> there, there's the podcast title i like 70 <laughs> fantasy points that's awesome i agree hey uh don't overthink it what do they say keep it simple student uh, i i'm with you i'm with you nobody can stop the guy uh aaron gordon's up to 7k want to talk about some sticker shock yeah. he's been playing a lot better i just he's playing mega minutes i don't i just can't play aaron gordon at 7k what is the kings?
3: Yeah, he's 6,600 on DraftKings. That's that's a tough one to swallow. And it's not like this is a great matchup either. I mean, depending on who's available for Memphis, but Memphis has been a, a great defensive team.
2: Yeah. Jeff Green's questionable for Denver, but this looks like one of the least messiest situations that we have. So, honestly... A lot of times I just trim my player pool to just Jokic unless there's a big, when it comes to Denver, unless there's a big price discrepancy. Monte Morris has been pretty good lately. Not sure this is the spot I'm going to go to him. Um, it looks like the Nuggets are probably going to be the sixth seed. According to this playoffstatus.com, they have an 83% chance to be the sixth seed. Um I guess that's it. Yeah, I, I I feel pretty good about no Mike Malone funny business, and I can't say that too often. He's often a headache with his rotations, but I think we see a competitive game from Denver's side at least.
3: Yeah, I I mean, unless we hear differently, that's how I'm I'm going to assume it. If Jokic is active, he's going to be out there for his normal workload. So,
2: I also swung and missed on saying on Grinders Live that I wasn't sure that Memphis would play their starter starters minutes. And they're locked into the two seed. So I, what am I missing? I, uh, the rug pull's coming eventually. Like, like Jaron Jackson Jr. played thirty eight minutes against Utah in a game where Memphis already locked up the two seed, and I can't figure out why. I don't know. Am I missing something, Keith?
3: <laughs> no, I, I couldn't explain that one to you either. I mean,
2: at least I'm not the yeah. only one. That Desmond <laughs> Bain played thirty seven. I, I, these are like. Outside of Jaw, those are your two biggest assets. And hey, I mean, I know you want to get reps and run them out there, and but like, okay, play them thirty minutes. They want to make a statement. They're locked into that. They were locked into that two seed, and they still are. So, I don't know. I'm still being a little skeptical of of the Memphis. Like, we're not going to play our guys in the fourth for no reason, kind of game. Eventually, and we're running, and we're running out of games. <laughs> so. I don't know what to do with them. Uh, thankfully, it's not a fantastic matchup with Denver. Um, so, you know, I'm not thrilled about playing Desmond Bain at 7K. I'm not playing Tyus Jones at 6,600, even though Jaws out. <sighs> Dylan Brooks has a Q tag. So that could open some things up. I guess I'd be more interested in maybe going at the Anthony Melton for, for larger field tournaments uh, and just maybe take one final crack at Jaron Jackson, but Aaron Gordon's a good defender. So I don't have a ton of collective interest. I'm still kind of holding the line on thinking, I don't know if we're going to get 40 minutes again out of them. And I was really wrong the other night, but just not really going here. I don't think.
3: Yeah. I'm kind of with you. If Brooks plays, um, if Brooks is out, then I have some interest here. Uh, it would be the Tyus Jones, DeAnthony Melton range more so than, um, triple J Desmond Bain, uh, just saving the money and playing the guys that are, that are falling into more opportunity, I think makes some sense, but yeah, I'm, I'm lukewarm on them altogether. Um, and if Brooks is in there, I don't see myself playing a ton.
2: Yeah, that, that was pretty well, pretty well said. Um, D'Anthony Melton's like the GPP weapon because he never plays a ton of minutes. Uh, but he's a really good point-per-minute producer. Although the last two games, he's played 29 and 27. I mean, it's like they're gearing up for the playoffs. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> so uh, if Brooks is out, I have a ton of interest in Melton. If we see a similar minutes output or may, maybe even a couple more for Melton if Brooks doesn't play. So I think D'Anthony Melton's an interesting look for GPPs. I, I'll leave it at that if Brooks is out. Here we go. The Los Angeles Lakers. What do they say on TNT? Going fishing? Officially? (laughs) Wow. Uh, I didn't think it would end this poorly. But here we are, Keith. What are your thoughts on the Lakers season in general? And are you anticipating anything happening this offseason?
3: I mean, something has to happen, right? Um, I don't have any idea what. um, I think when they made the trade for Westbrook, we all, everyone who like even remotely follows the NBA was like, what is that move? That's not going to work out very well. But like you just said, nobody envisioned it going this poorly. So uh, yeah, tough, tough year for the Lakers for sure. I think they have to, I mean, they can't really blow it up, but like they've got to find somebody to take Westbrook. I'm not sure if that's even possible. Um, I'm not sure what what options they have really, but yeah, they they have to try to do something, I think.
2: Kind of just feel like all the, the big three is gonna sit. I, th- I think it's over. That, that's my yeah. that's my guess. It's over.
3: Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. Like well, they have no incentive to play. So like, why would they?
2: <laughs> and you know, Steve Kerr would maybe play some chess and maybe say, "All right, we're gonna give Clay the night off." Uh, so I would watch if we get some Lakers news early. I would be very selective with my Golden State exposure. Clay's in a great spot though. Love him for tournaments. Price isn't the best, obviously. Scoring dependent, but we saw him pop off against Utah. I would just be very, very weary here. Of, of Steve Steve Kerr is like, he'll play the game. Like He's not afraid to do it. It doesn't matter if the game's on national TV or not. Or, or what's it, you know, he'll play chess. So uh, that's the first thought that comes to my mind. The second thought that comes to my mind here, if LeBron, AD, and Westbrook are all out, Malik Monk has like 55-point upside in this game. Why not roll him out there? See if he's a piece that's going to be a difference maker for the future. If those three guys are out, he might take 25 shots. This could be a fascinating, let's get creative and use our imagination of what could be Malik monk tournament spot.
3: Yeah. I I love the Malik monk call. I think he will be chucking for sure. um, If the studs are out, I was just checking the time on this game. It is an hour off after the final, the other games have all tipped off. So I don't know why they would wait and like be coy with the news. Like we'll get this news earlier in the day. I think um, maybe I'm wrong with that. And then, and then it'll become a, a difficult decision when playing the slate, but I think the news comes out that they're just going to arrest them. Um, at I love your Malik Monk call on the golden state side. Jordan pool is 8,500, but this is like a phenomenal matchup for Jordan Poole. Um, and he's shown that fifty point upside, so it doesn't feel like a price you should pay for Jordan Pool. But I think he's an an excellent tournament
2: play here. I kind of agree. And like Jordan Pool doesn't sit. If anyone's sitting, it's right. going to be Dre or Clay or both. And if they're both out, who we were looking at to take thirty shots, it's eighty three hundred Jordan Pool and Vandal. That's for sure. Yeah. Although it's gonna be very tough to build for this if we don't get the news. If we do get news, <laughs> if they both sit guys, Jordan Poole and Monk are very interesting. One-one late night hammer. That is a, you know, not something I ever thought I'd be saying, but it's the last week of the season and <laughs> it kind of makes sense, man. Yeah, I agree with you. Have any interest in Wiggins? Like, have any interest in Mello? Anybody else on this team? Wiggins is just not a guy I like to play. (laughs) Um,
3: Kaminga, maybe his price is even up there though. Um, If we, if we get some guys out, I'd I'd have interest in Kaminga, even at 5,200. We've seen the upside before. I don't love it, Um, but the Lakers, if they're, if they're resting guys uh, and so Golden State follows suit and rests uh, a couple of guys, I I could see
2: playing uh, Kaminga. That's it. Just wrapped up another ugly late season NBA slate. Any other takeaways? Anything to add before we head out of here?
3: No, um, we're, we're running out of games here. Um, things are going to continue to be crazy. Obviously, we're we all know to pay attention to the news at this point in the season, but uh, just can't wait for some MLB baseball as well. So we're, we're here, excited.
2: we're here, and again, if you scroll through a lot of the show. Uh, We have multiple MLB shows on Thursday. We have two Grinders lives. One of them is early in the day at about 1240 Eastern. And then we have a crunch time at 150 Eastern before the first website fantasy lock of the day. Thanks, FanDuel and DK for not correlating. (laughs) And then we have a second Grinders live at 445 its usual time followed by another 620 crunch time of course, with Roth, um, to get you propelled into the 2022 MLB season. So plenty of options to tune in. We're going to have a lot of content. Lineup HQ is going to be humming, and uh, it's going to be a good time. Got any bold predictions for baseball? I know that's a super open-ended, vague question, and I'll keep rambling for like another 10 seconds while you collect some of your thoughts. But is there anything that you uh, are strong on, you know, more so than anything else?
3: Man, I I have a lot of work to do still tonight because I've gotta gotta get geared up for baseball. Admittedly, I'm a little bit behind, but that's that's my plan. For as soon as we jump off of here, I did j- check out Cheese's article this afternoon, so I, I have somewhat of an idea. My I guess my lean will be that this was a, a bit of a shortened spring training, um, and pitchers haven't had their normal ramp up period, so I I will be completely fine. Um, baiting some some chalky aces as we open the season here. Uh, Corbin Burns takes the ball, who was phenomenal last year for the Brewers, against my Cubs, who were just strikeout artists <laughs> all season long last year. Looks like a phenomenal spot for Corbin Burns, but we don't know what pitch counts are going to look like. Um, so I guess I, fading some some pitchers who look to be in really good spots, I think, will be my my first stance on the this first week of the season here.
2: Ready here first. Keith Ister, Eyes819. Did I get that right? You got it. Yep. And, and the author of Icebreaker's free article series on scoresnods.com. That is awesome. Keith, thanks so much for joining us. Any final words before we get out of here? No, man. Let's let's
3: go study some baseball. Let's
2: do it. Thanks for <laughs> joining, everybody. Enjoy. MLB opening day, enjoy the masters and try to enjoy the NBA slate. So for my guy here, Keith Iser, I'm Justin Carlucci. Good luck, everybody, and have fun.